once again you've joined us for a syllabus journal entry number 15. We have a lot of current events to go over and uh, thank you for returning again. There was a crash, not a crash, there was a plane that was hijacked in Tupelo, Mississippi. It wasn't really, I guess it was hijacked, I guess that's what you call it, but it was stolen. Mm -hmm. And the guy started flying around the city in this, like, set pattern going around. And after a couple of hours, people started calling and saying, what's this plane flying around for? And then he he called, the, I think he called, I don't know, maybe the FAA called him. But uh, he said he was going to crash it into a Walmart. And they had a Walmart right under him. And he flew it around for five hours, I guess, until... Pretty much the gas was out. He had 400 gallons. And uh, he flew it around, and then he, he landed in a field, and they took him into custody. That's the last I heard of it. Wow. But it kind of made you think, you know. I was wondering why, if they knew he's there. In Mississippi, you've got Biloxi. You've got, you've got Air Force and Navy bases around there. Why not send up a uh, F-35 and shoot him out of the sky? <laughs> I mean, he's gonna. I mean, he was he was gonna crash into a Walmart anyway, so there would be residual damage, any no matter what. Right. And I thought I kept saying, "Come on, shoot him out of the sky." I yeah, but look, look at look at Biden over there dithering and pooping his pants. He, he he can't afford right now. His his poll numbers are so in the tank. He's the like the most hated president in American history. So it's I just don't see how he has any uh any kind of like political clout to do anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, I mean, and then, like, all, all the people, all the armed forces, I mean, what can they really do? They, you know, if they take any initiative on their own, like, yeah, it's we're in a bad spot right now. Biden was uh, just talking about F-16s the other night when he was saying how... I refused uh, to watch it, man. Uh, you watched it, I'm glad. No, no, I did not watch it, because I, it makes me so ill. I'm with you, but I did listen to the pundits break down and and and, talk, and complain about it enough to hear some of the spots and it, and then you have all these people on MSNBC come out. You know, they said that it was the greatest speech ever, but from what I saw, it was it was just more of his. You know, all ignorant. I saw was him uh, clips of it, but it was Fox, of course. But it was uh, him dissing MAGA Republicans. Yeah, but then he said anyone who wanted to resist ever. anyone who wanted to resist not Nazi Germany, not not Japan, not Russia, but the MAGA Republicans. Yeah, know. it's interesting how they turn this emergency uh, terrorist, uh, you know, what was it uh, Al Qaeda, uh, the base? That's what Al Qaeda means in in um, in, in uh, Arabic. So they they have this Al Qaeda thing, and they just switched it over domestically now, and they're going to point it at Amer at the uh, at the whiteies. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to be can, so can you get a little bit closer to your mic? Say again? Can you get a little closer to your mic? You kind of sort of fading out a little bit. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me slide in a little closer here. I didn't know if you know if it is. I'm actually, like You're coming across good. But no, I think that domestically, the Patriot Act and stuff, like, it was all... Skull and Bones Bush, like you can see what kind of like what happens during the uh, the to the office tenure of a particular president. Like during Trump, it was COVID nineteen kind of unrolled, you know. And I'm not blaming it on him, but I mean maybe he just was like a speed bump on the way of their progress yeah. there. But 
during Trump or during uh, Bush times, uh, it was the setup for 9-11. And of course, a lot of stuff happened under Daddy Bush, too, in that four years. So I think he got his get back whenever he's got his son in there and they went full bore with uh, the Iraq thing. Yeah, I think he, I think Daddy Bush just kind of flirted with it, and then uh, the, the Bush Junior came in and finished the job. That's what that's what people say. I think it was you know well we won't go into all that, but I think that I think Cheney was the, was so key mm-hmm. in the Bush White House. He was the he was the mastermind of the whole program. I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess being an, in the defense industry and being like a Halliburton guy or whatever, I mean, yeah, I guess he was just, he wasn't really a politician. Like, he was just, a, you know, probably a military industrial complex, yeah. in, you know, tycoon insider who just got in there and he ch- they tried to put uh, the, the daughter, Cheney, you know, through, but she got trounced recently, thank God. Well, you know, because she was really the one heading up the, um, Jan- I think they thought they were going to make uh, bones with the January 6th commission. Yeah, I, I, she was so... Uh, I didn't believe what I was hearing, the stuff that came out of her mouth. I couldn't watch uh, it. I could not... I, couldn't watch I, it. Watched, I watched parts of it, and it was just... It was just sickening. I mean, I, she's supposedly, supposedly uh, a Republican, but she, she sure doesn't act like it. I mean, all yeah. Republicans don't have to support each other fully, but... Well, now we do. point where you're destroying the party. You're saying you're part of the party, but at the same time, you're trying to destroy it. You will. You so got to get. Think, I think if it comes down to it, I mean, if, if if Trump doesn't or can't run, depending on what they find or what comes out of this, these hearings, if he can't run, I, just, I think DeSantos is. is Listen, very well. If he positioned. can't run, then it doesn't matter who else we have next. Because it just means that they have, you know, you know, control over the political process to such a degree, a degree that that they can just destroy anyone that goes in there. So I think that we need to defend the legitimate. I mean, not that Trump is like a special guy, but like, you know, we, we can't let him be imprisoned or or really. I mean, of course, they're going. They have like what sixty days. I mean, where are we at of this thing? Like, we're supposed to go to these elections during the last twenty twenty elections. It seems to me that they could they could not control. All the elections, they couldn't like technocratically no. manipulate all the elections. They they really focused on Trump's. A lot of Republicans won. The big red wave happened, and and you know Mitch McConnell won. A lot of Republicans you know, kept their seats and, and won, and we made progress as far as Republican seats and elections. But we lost Trump. So I think that and the, the same dynamic will occur. They won't be able to control all these counties and state elections. And we you know we just have to have a. It's well, desperate. It's a desperate fight. It's a desperate fight coming up. I think. It's gonna happen. Nancy Pelosi, she's just so played, man. It's just, you can reach, you can predict any any speech she has. If you know the subject, you can predict exactly what she's going to say, her mannerisms, and the outcome. Yeah, she's a, she's a pretty sick individual, but she has a lot of power. I mean, she just went into Taiwan. It looks like she's like running the government behind the scenes there. She, I mean, she's in office. I mean, Obama's in the background, but and and, and Biden's you know brain dead. So it looks like she's really she with the way she went to Taiwan like that. And, and, I mean, she's got a lot of power in Washington D.C. Man, that's for sure. And Paul Pelosi in the background. He just got that DUI. Like things are moving fast. Like you, the, the, she kept the DUI down. She kept his. It just came out again, again that he's he did more, more damage in the not damage, but more shenanigans in the stock market. Mm-hmm. It looks like she 
she basically told him that some uh, some stuff was failing, and he uh, he sold. There's a new development in the past few oh, yeah. days they found. That, I think and that had a lot to do with her. Before, that was yeah, that it was, was talked about. But her trip to uh, her trip to Taiwan was tied up with their their moves on those stock moves too, and just kind of changed, you know, wagging the dog. You know, just keeping the news cycle moving the way they wanted to, and so she flies over there, and, and the whole thing changes. But there's a, there's there is something behind the scenes there, and it's the same thing is happening also with with Alec Baldwin. I think he's he's pretending like everything is fine and he's going to keep acting, but it looks like that the charges are rolling up on him, and the investigation is starting to kind of like hit the brass tacks, and it looks like he's going to have to go to trial over that shooting. You know, so he he, 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 he kind of slid. Gonna, on. I don't think he's gonna, he's going to. Be convicted of anything. I don't. I don't even know if it's going to go that far. Well, I, don't th- I mean, he can uh, get. He can get off. He but... said he didn't shoot the gun when he did. Right. That's why the FBI. And, and, you know, all and to me, I don't understand. I never have understood. If you have a movie set and you have blanks, blanks do not look like bullets. First of all, why do you have why do you have regular bullets in with the boxes of blanks? Right. In with the you know the package of blank bullets. I mean that's and, and then another thing. I I had a friend that used to have a thirty eight. It looked just like a thirty eight, but it was uh it shot blank. Well, it, you roll the chamber out. Nothing shot. There's no pathway from the chamber where the uh, blank is at to where the bullet is. Right. It's solid. So I just don't under, I don't understand. There seems to be more to it. Well, I think that. Um when uh, when I heard the reporting, they were out back. The actors and the, some of the staff or whoever there on the set were out back, and they were shooting. They were uh, target practicing with live rounds, so they had weapons. There were real weapons, and then they had both. So I don't even know why they need to have both, and why they even need, really need to target practice at all. It's not going to help you act. The fuel prices are kind of mod- moderating, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah, and inflation is just out of control. Prices on everything are just excruciating, and uh, wages are, are just kind of frozen in place. Or there's really not like an aggressive, you know. I'm, you know, there's certain areas in jo- the job market where it's like it's pretty busy, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a rough year. I think we're looking at famine coming up here. From what I you know, just from hearing all the reporting and the economic details about fertilizer. And about, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's, to me, it's orchestrated because they had all these fires that were like, they had burned down a couple of chicken production plants and chicken farms and stuff, you know, you know, 15,000 chickens dying. Like that's been the last year that, that that's happened. Um, food production places being burned down. I didn't, I didn't realize how much grain and, and other products we get from Ukraine. Uh, that's a, that was supposedly. Wow. I, I'm, I'm going to see how that develops because we get a ton of grain from Ukraine. Or the world, not we, I'm sorry, the world in general. Right. No, totally. I totally understand that. Uh, their, their farmers over there in that region, especially the Dutch farmers, what I've been hearing, uh, are, the same, are the same way where they mass produce. They're so productive and they mass produce enormous volumes of food. They're just a small part of Europe, but in, in Ukraine too, being you know kind of like Eastern Europe, I guess, and they produce most of the, the food, you know, most of the grain that goes into all our bread around the world, you know, so it's kind of crazy how the Dutch farmers are getting... You know, getting a 
bitch slapped down by the World Economic Forum because they're just saying that they they're they're using fertilizer that's polluting planet Earth. So it's just, it's it's a weird you know environmentalist um, uh, netherworld you know of just kind of insanity that they're they're dealing with over there. And and I think Ukraine just got you know rolled out um, with the tanks from Russia. So I don't know how how good their food production is going to be, but from what I'm what everyone's forecasting next year, there's going to be massive massive food shortages. Which you know that that's that's par for the course when you have to have a great reset. You know, it's time to call the herd. Yeah, we need, we need to come up with some predictions. Yeah, well, uh, one of the things I mean, one of the things that I mean, not to be like you know too predictive about it, but I mean they're talking about. This pipeline that Russia has made this massive deal with to feed Europe with with energy, I guess petroleum, uh, propane, natural gas. I mean, all these, all all this energy that is supposed to be, but it, it looks like Putin shut it down just yeah, just recently. It, so that's the long winter has now begun. You know, when it's, the summer isn't even half over, but all those politics are in place now. So it's going to be a brutal winter. <laughs> I have some friends in Germany who are they're kind of um, they're kind of freaking out a little bit uh, about about this whole energy situation, and they're all they're getting fireplaces, um, heaters, wood wood burning stoves. They're the, one this one woman she's just totally gone off the chain with about getting wood. She's just loaded down with wood for the winter, right. which I would be too if I was in Germany. It's awfully cold there, but <laughs> indeed. I think that it's geopolitics of um, a power, and uh, I think that right now uh, it's it's fascinating that America, uh, for whatever it's worth, and, and however much we salute our flag and uh, you know pledge allegiance, and we think of the hallowed halls of the, the presidents of old and the, the the American Revolution and all these kind of things, we've become this kind of imperial malignant factor that's you know that's kind of becoming a pariah around the world and as far as the way we're doing our our military i love the military i think we have the greatest military in the world but at the same time the leaders there in the pentagon the woke kind of uh they're teaching the transgendered uh you know ideology in the, in the pentagon and, and black lives matter you know racial politics and then of course the vaccine too if you know Anyone who doesn't want to get this vaccine is getting booted out of deployment. So you can see that America is ready to fall. The corruption is just absolutely uh, ripe. It, it's, it's rotten, you know, at this point. And, and I think that I, I, wor I worry about America's ability to keep Taiwan free. Um, I worry about that, too. Taiwan was, was a republic. Taiwan was a place that was a democracy. Or, you know, it was the free world shining the beacon of Western values in that, in that world. In the, you know, I, I don't know how it's the South China Sea. I don't know, even know how we get on this rhetoric. But I don't know if our Navy is ready to fight tonight. That's what they're, they're supposed to be ready to do. And you can see that we... Um, we have, I think we have... We don't have a fleet there, but we have a few ships... I, I I didn't know the name of one of them, but I can't I can't recall it. But we got a couple of ships that get there in case China makes a move. But they they got Gene. Uh, what is his, what's his full name from China? I guess anyway, he's gonna um, he's up for uh, his supposed re-election, and that's gonna put him in there for five more years. 
and you know they're not going to they're not going to get rid of them, and it's going to happen. They're going to. I mean, every day you hear so after his they, election, they approach a little more yeah. on to Taiwan, and Taiwan shot down a drone a few days ago. Right, and apparently it was a it was a. Um, uh, not a military drone, a civilian drone, but they shot it down nevertheless. It crossed, it crossed into their border. So, and, there's, and they keep saying that they're ready. If China does anything to us, our action is self-defense. how we're working. It's a self-defense action. Right. So there's going to be, it's going to happen. That's why I'm saying predictions for next year. We could, we could, we could come up with the, the main issues of the last month or so right now and see how they compare to next year, make a few predictions, and then, and then in a year from now, I'll talk about it. Yeah, no, I'm always surprised. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's amazing to me how this the hubris of this decrepit, lecherous, old fool in the White House, I mean, how, how can we use any stronger words, but just to say that the guy is like one foot out of the grave, you know, and not to whistle past the, 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 the graveyard, but I mean, he, he's almost in the box, but he still can't focus on, you know, you know, having lived a good life and having, looking down on the wonder of his, his children and grandchildren as they, you know, as he gets older kind of thing. But now he has, you know, now the only thing he can seem to do is kind of revile and, you know, he's like the ultimate demagogue where he's going to just go after the MAGA Republicans and, and he said things to the extent that if you wanted to resist the government, you have to have F-16s and nukes, you know, like, you know, in, in the kind of like a backhanded threat against his political opponents. And then they're rolling out the DOJ with, you know, Merrick Garland. What a bunch of totally oh, sick, yeah. you know, what a, a bunch of evil clowns, you know, just completely going after. The, the, yeah, and they're, they're so scared of Trump being the the candidate of this movement. They're so scared of this movement that they're trying hard to like destroy this guy. I think that if you ever wanted to build like, like a mythical, you know, martyr figure to, uh, of colossal proportions, they're doing it, you know, they're, they're building it in Donald Trump. I don't know if they if that's their goal or not, but they're building this guy into this, um, this kind of like legendary figure, you know, well, because I, of the, yeah. he, he didn't even get in the White House before they were already putting bugs and, and, and you know tapping into his hotel room and trying to monitor him. James Comey. I mean, they the, this deep state has been trying to roll him up ever since he appeared and uh, beat Hillary Clinton. And they've you know the Washington the FBI is a sick and depraved Gestapo like you know neo Stasi here in this country just riding around with their political. They're political. They're not solving crime. They're not dealing with the cartel at the border. They're not dealing with drug shipments. I mean, they're they're protecting. They're like the Praetorian Guard of the elite Biden insider, you know, Washington D.C. deep state faction. And um, they have got to go, man. And they, they threaten us all. And now, you know what I mean? They're just they're they're created well, they, out. They're, they the, the FBI is created out of an executive order. Executive orders are totally illegal. I mean, we have to get rid of this this whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, the executive got order is. is been so abused, you know, Biden's, Biden's abusing it more than anyone now, because, I mean, you're, is, it con- is it the House of Representatives supposed to... What do you mean, the Constitution? Spending? Yeah. I mean, they're the, they're the purse of the government, and, and Biden, how can Biden, I don't understand how Biden can come out with a plan to spend, you know... <laughs> 
trillion plus dollars. Bro, it's so sick. You got to look at like how how it is. Even when Obama was like raising the debt ceiling of the federal spending by executive fiat, like how does that work? I mean, where where are we at in this country? And everyone's walking around like it's serious. It needs to be looked at again. We we need to review that our constitution and find out exactly how the executive orders orders work. Well. yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, but no, no, I got you. Um, no, the executive orders were, were, it all started with, during the Civil War with Abraham Lincoln. Like we said, the quorum of the Senate was broken and, and the legislature was, the South had left. And um, during the Civil War, he started to use executive proclamations and executive orders to make law to run the, the country. But and he and of course he promised after the war that he would put back de jure constitutional government back the way it's supposed to be, but he was shot in the face. And the next president and so on and so every every subsequent president has used executive orders, even Donald Trump. So with their emergency war powers that that make the the executive branch the commander in chief, which is not constitutional. There's nothing for it in the Constitution. There is nothing for this. So, but the point is, is that we're so far off the base of constitutional government that it's a wonder that the thing even works at all. You know, because you know, what what does the Senate and the, and the legislature do all day? They got AOC up there, and they just we're we're in a bad shape as a country. So, I don't know how we'll that, resist our enemies. You know, kind of back to what you said a minute ago. We we're talking about about Biden. I, I'm, I'm just not a joke. I, he's getting some kind of nutritional supplement <laughs> or drug or something injected into him in order to come up with this, with the uh, his enthusiasm and his speeches. I, I watch his, his speeches and he's he's he acts kind of almost like he's on steroids at sometimes, and at other times he acts like he's he's drifting away off in the wind somewhere. Could he be? Could he be like a drug addict at this point, with some kind of like different things going on, to where he's he's getting these uh, uh, you know these? I don't know, but injections. I want to know what they give him to make him to bring him back from the the clutches of death, because that's what he's he, he, he's either he's either fired up about something or he's completely foggy and and dusty and yeah he's in his indolence at this point he's in the, in the point of his life now where he's just kind of like in his dotage and he has like no role to play and he's an illegitimate government because you can you can go back through and look how clearly it, it, it is to be seen now in retrospect having you know hindsight being 2020 that the election was totally stolen he didn't do anything he didn't possibly win he did not have a plebiscite of americans and, and a majority voting for him and they, they use computers, and they use ballot stuffing, and they use COVID measures to get around the law. And a lot of these states, these key states where they have these, you know, Gretchen Whitmer and all these other, like, Democrat hacks up there. And, they, and they, they did something that is treasonous, and they should be hung. If justice was done in this country, they would be taken out by the, the oak tree, and they would be hung by a rope. Because what they did was so evil and it was such a violation of what we are in this country as a republic. And now we individually, each of us, one at a time, 300 million of us, have no individual means by which to to redress this grievance where, you know, this the small cabal of, you know, Washington insiders is able to trick out the, uh, the election process and, 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 you know, and stealing the presidency like that. And, and defiling the will of the American people was devastating and has devastating consequences because now history has been changed and we've gone in a direction. Afghanistan has fallen 
Kabul was fine. That never would have happened. I don't see that happening like that. You see what I'm saying? And so now that the, these linchpins of history have, have changed direction, China is, is over there dealing with the Taliban. So now that's how we got on the subject of suddenly of freaking Armageddon is because of Biden. Because before we were over here, and now we're over here in this other world where the Taliban and Turkey and Russia and Iran are all like in this big, you know, in China are all in this big group because we, we had a forward operating base you know, 400 miles close to uh, China, and now we don't. Now we have nothing. Now we don't have Afghanistan foothold. You know, so, you know, you know, so no, we're not even a really the geopolitical superpower that we were, uh, you know, nine months ago. You know what I mean? So this is we're in a bizarre world where the, the ramifications of all these changing, you know, moving parts hasn't really even hit home yet. You know, what I mean, that's that's you know, so the guy, yeah. who, the guy who loses his shit and steals the airplane and tries to crash into Walmart, that's just like the beginning of this whole hysteria because. There's no one at the helm over there. Washington, D.C. is just feeding itself reasons to print Federal Reserve notes that it can steal with it. You know, because, you know, like Paul Pelosi in the background, like all these hacks, the Hunter Bidens, they're all just creating little mini shell corporations to go around and make deals to, to, to take all the money. You know, and we're, you know, it's so, the corruption is so complete that how can they possibly defend this country? All they're, all they're supposed to be doing is taking care of the borders. You know, regulating uh, an honest, hard money system. If you look in the Constitution, my friend, it says gold and silver coin. <laughs> well, that was a long time ago since we've seen any of that. Right now, if you look at all the coins you have, they're all just like zinc, cadmium, silver-plated crap. It just it gets you know it gets dissolved. Copper is too expensive, I guess. Yeah, and the copper mix that they use, if you let it just sit in your uh, in your car for a while, it just starts to oxide out. It starts to rust. It's not real copper, you know. It's just I don't know what it is, but yeah, man, we're debased as a nation, and uh, I think we're being targeted by the power structure and the power elite for this decline. I think that they're going. It's a fire sale, and the China is looking at us as like China 2.0, like farmland, you know. Yeah, farmland and vacation spots. And, of course, the United Nations Agenda 21. Of course, we just went through. Remember, everybody was like, Agenda 21, Agenda 21. Well, it just happened to us. COVID happened. World Health Organization happened to us. Fauci happened to us. You know, you know what I'm saying? Vaccines. I mean, uh, yeah, Fauci's on the out now. He's retiring. Right. He's fleeing. But, but yeah, I see what you mean, though. But it, but it really does us a disservice because what happens when there's a very infectious disease going around, more than COVID, something that, that kills instantly, and they don't get, and people are, people are like, oh, this is just another COVID scare, more tactics, they're so cynical that they don't, you know, use the, their, uh, their government as help. Well, I don't think the government is any help, and also I think that if you look at it, the, the trend towards this Malthusian globalist paradigm would be happy to see a, a, an infectious disease that killed half the population. I think they would love that. I think that they would do everything they can to facilitate that. You know, and you'd think that because of the, the programming and the brainwash from Hollywood, you know, about the United Nations and, you know, the, the ultimate good guys and all this, you know, Sean Penn is always running down the street really fast because he's the ultimate good fighting for, for the good of the world, you know, kind of crap. So when you see yeah. that, you ultimately you're, you're you're asked to trust your government to take care of you to do do what's best to 
to save your life in an emergency and to, you know, but I don't see any of that as being true. You got to look at people who are so cynical like Nancy Pelosi and think that they're going to lift a finger. You know, these are the, um, it reminds me of the Bartholomew Day massacre with, uh, it was a Medici queen, you know, the, the Medici, uh, you know, so the Medici's had reached, reached this, the height of nobility, you know, the power of nobility and the bloodlines, you know, the Medici. So the Medici queen is going to oversee the, the Bartholomew Day massacre. You know, that, that's the kind of people you're dealing with. I think they relish it. I don't think that, that you know, seemingly with Prince Philip, when, before he died, he said that he hopes that he comes back as a virus and wipes out humanity, you know, kind of quotations, you know, that's the kind of thinking of these people, I think, you know, and, and they're, so they're evil beyond any reference point that we have to kind of relate to it. Well, the, the problem we, we were in, in the world is, is, is government, because there's too many just to just be able to say everyone needs to take responsibility for themselves and their family, and there's just, there's, the population is too big, not to, Big oh, yeah. the world, but it's too big for for simple types government and localized. I, mean, I would love that. I would love to go back to the the system of, of the Bible. No, well, no. Listen, I think you're right. What you're seeing now is this massive population of people that has been allowed to um, to become so numerous because of the ease of the ease of civilization and because the the wonders of technological advancement but at the same time i think that all that excess human population and growth will be under threat when those same uh, factors including the electrical grid including wi-fi including gasoline being something that's affordable and not thirty dollars a gallon i mean once those kind of little little strings are pulled and, and, and change in the society, then the society can no longer take care of itself. Is that, that's what the danger is. That's what I mean by famine and mass starvation and, the, and, 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 and you know, uh, mass riots, uh, widespread panic, if you want, because I think that the ability for the system to sustain itself is going to be, it's going to be like put under an engineered collapse. And so that's what the Great Reset is. That's what they're. That's why you know uh, Klaus Schwab comes out and says that that bugs are a new source of protein. You know, because and they're, and they're trying yeah. to shut down the Dutch farmers, like because they because they're saying how how many uh, animals they have is, is not healthy for the environment. They, they you know these farms are too large and they want to cut back the meat production. You know, this is what feeds the world and makes everyone all in all these apartments and all these homes all around the United States and the world able to subsist is the ability to be fed by these transnational food growing operations that feed the world, you know, and our, our ability even to, to ship grain around the world, be like, well, we want to buy, we want to buy a hundred million dollars of corn from Russia. And then we ship it over here. Like all, all that interchange and interaction is not necessarily sustainable. So that's what they're saying. And the um, the catastrophe that's taking place on the border is so devastating and so horrific and so catastrophic that we, we can't really, the calamity there, we can't really uh, overstate it enough because the impact is still being felt and we're, they're counting as far as they can estimate, as far as gotaways and all the, the massive, the hundreds of thousands of people that are being interdicted over the last, let's say, Biden administration. At this point, we're estimating maybe 5 million illegal immigrants from who knows where. I mean, I think they're, they've already emptied out South America. So I think, you know, we have a lot of people coming from Ukraine, from Haiti, from just all over the place, whoever can just get to 
South America can just kind of weasel their way through. And um, the ramifications from it are really just going to be an insurmountable coming plague of humanity. It's just really just going to uh, cause all of our systems in America to be overloaded. And we're taking on, they're, they're emptying prisons prison populations into our country so you can imagine what the effects are going to be and that's why we have to get on this early and talk about it now because over the next 12 months you're going to see more and more people being murdered there's people getting stabbed to death just there's so many so the murder murder rate and the crime rate in the country is is getting to be so astronomical that it's an inconceivable crime wave so in order to talk about that more we have this audio clip we're going to introduce here so without further ado here let's take a listen the mexican people don't have any money they're sitting there and they had these armies, these caravans that are brought up by the NGOs and brought up by the osmotic pressure, as Michael Yan says, of the Biden regime to invade our country, to invade our country. I don't care if Willie Geist doesn't like that. I don't care if Mika is going to give me stink eye. So be it. Right. We're going to stand on the side of the hardworking Hispanics in this nation. We're going to stand on the side of the hardworking African-Americans in this nation. We're going to stand with the hardworking MAGA in this nation, American citizens that you're putting this burden on. And right now you're going to destroy every school system, every health department throughout the country because every town's a border town and every state's a border state. Why is it a big issue in New Hampshire? They get it, right? Why is it a big issue when we talked to Joe Kent in Washington? They get it. Why is it a big issue when we had Harriet Hageman on in Wyoming last week? They get it. The people get it because the burden's put on them and they're trying to break you. They're trying to break you. They're trying to break Trump, but they're most importantly, they want to break you. Let me go back to Savannah, post-millennial. Uh, Savannah, the reporting is amazing. Obviously, we need you on top of the story. Uh, where, where does this go from here? Do you have other interviews you're going to be doing? This whistleblower is absolutely incredible because he works at the company, got the big government contract that's flying people into Scranton. Remember we had the guys at Scranton Airport? They're flying to Wilkes-Barre Airport in the middle of the night. Hey, if they were... Uh, proud of this, they wouldn't be sending these folks in, in the middle of the night. It's it's Governor Abbott that's sending the bus that shows up in the middle of the day. That ain't the Biden regime. The Biden regime's trying to hide the football. Savannah. Exactly. And my whistleblower says he's going to try to interview more migrant children to understand exactly what it is that they're going through. Because, of course, Democrats right now are trying to politicize this issue and say that, uh, you know, Abbott is busting these migrants up to blue cities and sanctuary cities as a political ploy. But actually, this is not a right or left issue. This is an American issue. And you can look at the numbers just to reiterate, okay, just in this whistleblower's office alone, we are moving two to thousand, two to five thousand children per week, eight to ten thousand per month or per week across all offices. And then 30 to 40,000 children per month. And what I want to point out as well with this number is that this whistleblower further explained to me that oftentimes these children will have to re-go through the system because the sponsors that pick them up or even their own parents decide they don't want them anymore. So they'll send them back into the system. So we're seeing these same children circulated time and time again. They're On top of that, it's their own parents in quotes. We have no earthy idea. These children are the most tragic victims of this. Yeah. They're just pawns in this game. They're being trafficked, and they're being trafficked by the government you pay taxes to. I want everybody in this audience to get furious. I want you mad. I want you angry. What's being done in your name, what's being done with your money, we're not stopping the cartels from trafficking all up throughout the world. Do you think that if you saw what we saw when we built that wall in El Paso, Texas, the debris and the human, what was left there, it, it is, it's too... You can't say it on a family show. It's so horrible. What, do you think that trek they take from Central America to Mexico, do you think that's going to Disneyland? Well, it is not. 
And what do you think happens to them when they get over here? Like I said, parents turn back. We have no earthly idea. These kids are being trafficked, being trafficked under your name and with your money. Savannah, how do people get to you on social media? We know you got a lot more reporting. You're coming out with the Post Millennial. How do they follow you? Yes, please go follow me on the Post Millennial. I'm actually going to be writing a more in-depth article regarding this story. If people want more information, go check that out. Go follow me on Truth Social at Sav Says, Instagram at Sav with one N, and of course, YouTube Sav Says, where you can watch the full report. Uh, Savannah, thank you very much for going to say hi to all the folks at Post Millennial. Uh, let me bring in Ben, ben Burkwam. You're in uh, you're in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hageman told us, Harriet told us last week, it's one of the biggest issues in, in, in you can't get any farther north in our country than New Hampshire, uh, Washington State, where Joe Kent told us in, in, in uh, what in Washington three and in Wyoming. But the folks up there get it. Every state's a border state, every town's a border town. Ben, you were with us from the very beginning down there on the wall. Give us your assessment. You've done better you've done better reporting than ABC, CBS, NBC combined. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, no, uh, Savannah's right, and and I just actually interviewed a uh, one of the the women that works at one of these unaccompanied minors programs that are basically uh, child trafficking organizations. They are funded by our tax dollars. Uh, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars, and Catholic Charities, uh, one of the biggest ones that that flows right through in, in Texas, and then they go out. But there's about seven different organizations, primary organizations that then distribute these children around the country. And the worst part in this interview, and we'll be reposting that uh, probably later today as well, um, is that President Trump, they had to do background checks on not just the so-called parents that were in the house, but the other people that lived in the house as well. Since Joe Biden took office, they're not even doing background checks on the parents anymore. This is child trafficking. Stop. This is child trafficking. Stop. Hold on. Repeat that. I need you to repeat that. I want everybody in this audience to understand what we're dealing with. Here's the reality. No spin from MSNBC or CNN. And we're the bad guys. We're the ones trying to save these children. From the great Liz Yor, who dedicated her life to this. Liz Yor, this is why Oprah handled, uh, hired her. Liz Yor is one of the most respected people in this country as a prosecutor. It's like the protection of children. She just sent me, this country will be dealing with the catastrophic consequences of the illegal child trafficking crisis for generations to come. For generations to come. This is my point. What's being done now is that you're not going to wave some wand. Even Trump's return is only going to put a Band-Aid on it for right now, even when we take over the House. I'm not trying to mislead you that they are doing things structurally that are going to take us financially, culturally, demographically, economically, militarily, culturally, education, that are going to take our shoulder to the wheel once we take power many, many, many years to unwind. Give me that one more time, Ben Burkwam. Yeah, Steve, Democrats, uh, what we see going on, it's a generational curse on our country, and it's going to take some time to unwind this, to get God back in and save this. But what I was told by this uh, this person, obviously had to remain anonymous as well, works in the unaccompanied minors program, dealing with these children every day. Under President Trump, they had to do background checks, not just on the, the supposed parents that live in the house that they're sending these children to, but on everyone else that lives in the house as well. Now they're not doing background checks on anyone, and they can't even ask who else lives in the house. This is child trafficking, and, and our federal government is the spearhead in it. They are doing the work of the cartels for them once these children get here. And the atrocities that are happening to these children, it's, it's, it's indescribable. 
But um, yeah, no, you you heard it yourself. It's like the circumstances at the border are getting like completely becoming a catastrophe there, and it's a humanitarian crisis. Um, they're apparently the, like the osmotic pressure of people desperately trying to you know follow their families or stake out their claim and to coming to El Norte, you know, coming north into America. So there's a lot of pressure there. So it's tremendous. I think it's great what Governor Ab- Governor Abbott's doing, sending the. Uh Busloads of migrants in New York. They just brought in some brought in Chicago, I think, yesterday. Right. And and they're sending them to DC. But they've sent they've sent around twelve thousand out so far. He's loading the buses up and sending them out. And they're telling and they're and I can't remember her name. The mayor of Chicago came out and she was she was talking about how inhumane it was to put the migrants on buses. And I'm thinking they've been through this treacherous journey, I think they'd welcome the chance to relax in the air-conditioned bus, and they're happy to go. They volunteered. Yeah, the Greyhound? Yeah, it must be nice. Yeah. Yeah, the, apparently the, um, the, uh, the Homeland Security, as an operation, is just facilitating the influx, so that it's, it's, it's tremendous. And then you have this, the disappearance of these children, and, of course, all the, the oversight that was there before it's kind of disappeared so that they have this huge catastrophe where you know, people, the, the, all these kids are coming over and we're kind of like in between policies where for just a blink of an eye, we tried to build a wall and we tried to dissuade people from coming. And then with this new administration, we have this huge um, paralyzing. 13, 13 ground yesterday. Right. It, it's like, and, and, and um, there was a, a press conference with, the newer press conference woman, I can't remember her name, John something. Anyway, Peter Ducey of Fox asked her, you know, what what are you going to do about all these migrants crossing, you know, crossing the border and coming into Texas and then in such a terrible state physically and whatever. And she, he goes on about it. And then she says, Listen, people aren't just crossing the border, and it's and they're not. Maybe she's not out of touch, but they know what's going on. Kamala is the Biden-imposed border czar, and she's only been there once. Biden's never been. He goes. He goes to Philadelphia or Pennsylvania to to campaign. He's already been three times this year, but he can't go down to Texas and see what's going on. It's it's terrible. The cartels are now massively, you know, empowered, and it doesn't surprise me because this whole thing with Hunter Biden, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg as far as the his friends, uh, like who was a senator, uh, John Kerry's yeah, kid, and you know other 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 individuals that were in with with Hunter Biden with some of his schemes there, and so I think it's it's not surprising that the cartels are getting this huge boost and they're getting this huge uh, you know it's it's a multi-billion dollar trade of, of human trafficking that's happening there and the federal government is the biggest client and so you can see there the rate right at the border the the catholic charities is working hand in glove with the cartels to, to push this this the, the human flows forward and the, all the caravans forward as they come over the border and um, i think the results are going to be devastating over time and so all all the politics out of University of Chicago just you know just is, is constantly and in Chicago in general as Lori Lightfoot they're constantly puppeting this propaganda 
and this demagoguery that just boosts the, you know, and of course they don't want to have these, the busloads of these people dropped off in their neighborhood, but they, they, they like to, to support the policy that drives this illegal, you know, human population and not just illegal because they're not documented, but it's illegal because people are emptying their prisons uh, out and, and they're pushing the, the, the unwanted, you know, populations of uh, people into you know, illiterate people or whatever into the position of ne needing to escape the economic conditions of their land. People had to escape Venezuela, you know, all over the world. They're trying to escape Ukraine. They're trying to come here. And uh, of course, instead of, you know, setting up like an actual biometric turnstile where you could actually have people come in in, a, in in an organized way, in a safe way, they're just using this as a way to, you know, to capitalize on. I mean, I can just see it now that you can think the cartels are good at two things, human trafficking and, and human smuggling and child, you know, child trafficking. And they're good at cocaine, you know. So, you know, that's Hunter Biden's forte, right? It's not just the human trafficking. It's the, the fentanyl that's come across. is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's and, and, and that's just what they've got. And you know, more than... A lot more got through than what they caught. Oh, power, power. Now think about it. they can just cook that stuff up, and, and they it's kind of weird how it's kind of characterized and couched in these terms like drug, but it's not a drug at all. It's really just a toxic, venomous, poisonous agent. You know, I know. It's, it's poison. It's and, and if you only poison yourself very, very slightly, maybe you'll get this kind of opioid-like buzz. But it's really actually a toxic. And of course, we're not talking about the kinds of like prescription forms where you can get like a patch where it's actually like medicinally doled out to where you're not going to kill yourself. This is illegal. You know, this isn't from Pfizer. This uh, this stuff. This is going to be cooked up. Right, there's there's, no, there's yeah. no oversight. They're cooking up in huge vats with the cartels, and they're going to pump it over here and. and and it's killing people. I hear all these reports of you know people going in their room and they find their six-year-old kid dead because he thought he was taking a, a Xanax or something. So it's, it's it's scary stuff. And if you know anything about the business, of course, you can see that they have all these Xanaxes that are pressed out. They look perfect. They even have the correct uh, prescription number and the correct labeling and the correct... That's scary, man. Everything looks exactly about. right. It's hard-pressed, perfect Xanax pill, but it's pure fentanyl. So they're, they're, they're tricking you, you know? And uh, you have to really be careful <laughs> holy cow that's what we were discussing before oh uh, but hey let's look they're also they're also they're also dying um pink and purple like sweethearts right like candy yeah it's, i mean that's an attack on our, our country that's not immigration gone wrong that's a that's a, a calculated attack yeah it really and they're just randomly you know putting these death these death doses in there so that you can see it's kind of like, it's kind of like sprinkling out among the population. So people are out there and they think they're going to go to the club and we've all been there and we wanted to like have a, have a MDMA bean and then you could just get killed by just trying to go out and have a party night. I mean, that, that's the, the thing now. And I think they just look at it as some kind of like strange, it goes along with the depopulation agenda, just kind of a strange way to call the herd. And it's very dangerous. I feel bad. I mean, we, I think, my, me and my wife were talking about how we know people personally who died. It's just so it's so devastating, you know, young people and, and everything. So, um, but yeah, well, it all comes it all comes down to November, right? Because what happens in November is going to set the stage for the next two years. I mean, what and like I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking that well, I'm hopeful we'll get the House or the Republicans will get the House and the Senate, but they might not get they might not get either one. 
I mean, we've really all been like outgunned lately with the the antics and the kind of like psychotic, rabid uh, political warfare that the, the the Marxist Democratic left have been you know warring. We were we were discussing before how during the Civil War, the 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 North had to create an army under Lincoln to go down and fight the South, the Democrats, and free the slaves. And now we have the situation where the Democrats, the Southern Confederacy, if you want, have taken over Washington, D.C., and are now you know, running this warfare, this kind of second civil war. They're running this warfare against the American people using the, the weapons of state. And we're now all the Republicans who are in the heritage of Lincoln and freeing the slaves and being, you know, you know just, put, just saying that that's, that's kind of how reversed the, the polarity it has become. It's totally reversed. Yeah, I just I, let's take a minute. I want to introduce this next clip, and it's the it, Sarah Carter has to be the world's renowned, like best, you know, expose investigative journalist alive. She has to be. She's she's totally. Um, she's been working for the Washington Post, and she writes for the New York Times and Time Magazine. I mean, she, she's just one of the most prolific uh, journalists and an investigative uh, journalist there is. So. I just want to take a moment and and take a look at what she has to say. She has this this uh, he, he's all faded out, right? And you can't hear his voice, you know. But she has a a cartel member who's an insider, like an, an investigative. Uh, you know, she's using them as the scoop, and she's showing how they're they're massively upped their trial trafficking programs, and that um, the the busts are showing that the two that you're finding households. We're starting to see more of these. You know, we're finding households. You know, they're, they're busting a house. They find 50 kids in there, and that kind of stuff. Predator. I've heard that some people and places have very specific things that they like. In many cases, they just have the children there and they have a purpose. Only they know what purpose they're going to serve. But yeah, they are just going to keep them there and they're not going to be free ever again. As just this Monday, a young boy and girl drowned trying to cross, cross the, uh, the Rio Grande River. Sarah Carter is the host of Sarah Carter's show, and she joins us now. Sarah, I was on Hannity um, when Pete was hosting this week, and you first broke this story about organ harvesting of children who are in the human uh, trafficking cartel trade across our border, and I was just floored by it. Um, tell us a little bit more what you learned. Well, these are the horror stories that you hear when you really dig down deep, Rachel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I realize that it's difficult for us to tell the stories all the time. We're, we go to the border, we see the people crossing, you know, the thousands of people. Bill Malusian does such incredible work down there. We see them all coming across the border. But it's the journey that brings them there that's the real story that I want our viewers and the American people to understand. These children are trafficked by some of the most nefarious and horrific organizations you can imagine. They have no care for life. They don't care about these children. Some of these children are sold to the highest bidders, uh, sexual predators. And I have been hearing uh, not only from this human smuggler, but from sources within Central America, uh, intelligence sources, as well as law enforcement, that some of these children are taken as part of organ harvesting and organ trade. Uh, remember, a lot of these kids that are being smuggled, some of them come from mountainous regions where they don't 
don't have any identifiers. That means they don't have birth certificates or they don't have uh, cards that would identify who they are or they're traveling alone with other children and uh, their parents are too afraid to report them missing. So these children are taken. Uh, these stories of organ harvesting are horrific. Uh, we're hearing about it all over the globe, but it's happening here and it's happening because the border is wide open because the Biden administration is also allowing this type of behavior to perpetuate. These drug cartels know that well, look, when I speak to the human smugglers, I talk to people in Central America, in Guatemala, people connected to this trade. They know what's happening here in America and they can see how wide open our border is and they're taking advantage of that. And I want you to think about this. They're making hundreds of billions yeah. of dollars at this. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to stop soon. It's up to us to put a stop to this, at least to make it harder for them, and then really work hard on saving these children. That is an obligation I think we all have as human beings, is to take a step back and realize what's going on. And once we do, is to take that next step to save lives. Yeah, I mean, it's not just that the border's open, that the policies themselves encourage parents to send children unaccompanied. Um, it's easier for them to get in Correct. and stay in. And of course, then they're in the hands, as you as you said, of some of the most evil people ever, um, the, the cartels. Um, it's just, it's it's a shocking report. Um, again, so many Democrats, remember AOC, Sarah, crying outside of the child detention <laughs> right. centers um, because she said children were in cages. Where is she now? Where, I mean, th this is absolutely the least compassionate, uh, most cruel policies we can imagine. Where are these voices? Yeah, where are they now? I mean, they should be there crying for what's happening right now with all of these uh, children being trafficked. We're expecting over 169,000, and I think that's a low number. I, yeah. It's much higher than that, of unaccompanied minors coming into the United States. So imagine all the children that disappear on that journey, and then imagine the national security implications for us as Americans. So this isn't a Democratic issue. This isn't a Republican issue. This is a national security and humanitarian issue, Rachel. And if people don't start doing something about it and working together, it's going to get far worse before it gets better. And think of all of the American children that have died due to fentanyl poisoning and due to these counterfeit pills on our streets, over 100,000 in the last fiscal year. That is something that we should all be concerned about. That is a war here in our hemisphere against us and against the most innocent people. Well, Sarah, I know it's not easy to do these stories. Um, they're just painful to listen to. I'm sure it's, you've, you know so much more even um, than you're revealing right now with um, your reporting. Uh, just God bless you for telling these stories. The world needs to know. You know, abused. They're weapons. They're, they're, they're human weapons. They're weaponized humans. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say... If you watch the next uh, segment we're going to do, no, I was going to say that um, the, the, the if you watch the next segment, a lot of the kids they're bringing to the border as a part a part of their strategy are they're they're drugged. So you can see the kids are all they're unresponsive, they're leaned over, their eyes are half shut, they can't talk. So as, yeah, as these yeah. individual, I don't know how they're doing it, but as they're approaching, yeah, as they're approaching the border, a patrol, they the, all the children are drugged, they can't answer questions they can't verify who's their the parents so that's how these guys are getting across with these kids and apparently they're reusing them again and again because the kids end up back over the border and then they carry them back over again so it's pretty depraved i don't i i don't doubt that happens but 
bad situation, every bad political situation, the, it seems like to me the last resort is to use uh, children. They use children to get to, as a call to action. And I know these things happen, but they, they, they had this kind of policy of using kids at the border to get past because the federal government didn't want to break up family units. So when these, you know, they had it as their, the cartel uh, has their strategy okay, yeah. not to, to just bring kids along so that you really, you kind of went to the civil kind of family court process instead of, you know, being a, a child you know, trafficker. So Sarah Carter's, uh, you know, her, her uh, reporting was well, she's just showing the direction she's going, but she obviously has people who are her talking on the record and they're talking about that. Yeah. These kids are being brought over and they're being sold and it's happening. Now, of course, um, Trump had curbed it. Trump had these requirements in place. He had the stay in Mexico policy, the, the other things that were, that were slowing this down. But when that all, when all, all that went out, and Biden came in. Now the this whole practice has redoubled, and like I said, it's, it's over. It's it's a billion dollar industry, and um, you're looking at five million undocumented people that are going to arrive in our economy and um, be this off the books. What would you say? Kind of shadow citizens who are not quite legal. You know, they're they really don't have any standing. If you want, and so how do they keep track of? Of, of it. Well, I think I mean, it's a flow. Is it a database of undocumented people, or is it? I, well, I mean, I, I think I, if you watch the, they're bringing the caravans over of thirty thousand people at a time, and they're just bringing these waves in, and they just flow through, and they just kind of borders porous, and they're just going to flow in, and there's no database. No, these are well, these there are was a wall. There was a wall. They that would dissuade uh, the vast number of of them not to come. Because they're, you know, they can't get through. But they're just letting them through. And and I, I, how do they keep track of it? Let's let's say there were a database and they people come through with no identification, nothing but a, a bag of their whatever their stuff is, and they what do they do? They they take it. Okay, you're you're so and so. Put it in the database. You have these kids. How do they keep track of it? That's what I they need can. to find out. How do they keep track of it? That's why once? this whole thing doesn't work at all because the old black and white Western movie, you know, the Western where the the mine owners are trying to get the, the Mexicans to go down and wear their badges, their name tags or their badges, and they're like, we don't need those thinking badges, right? That, that's, what this, that's what this whole thing is really coming down to is that these people ultimately they're coming here have no interest in in becoming part of the society and they're trying to remain in the shadows they're trying to remain off the books and like i said a lot of these prisons are being emptied out and catholic charities is working i mean apparently pope francis gave a a five hundred thousand dollar donation to help illegal immigrants get across the border recently so that that's this is the whole gist of what's happening here i mean it's it's really that our, our throat has been cut in the southern border, and there, you know, all these young military-age men that are coming over here are going are coming here to advance this crime wave. Because I mean, as soon as you come here and you know that you're jumping over illegally and you're cheating your way in, you have no basis to really like get a mortgage or get anything on you know the up and up. I mean, you're really totally 
you're consigning your entire future to this black market, you know, criminal right, culture. You, you know? come in, and you come in, it, 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 you come in in darkness, and you have to live. You have to live your life in darkness. Yeah, you're walking around in public, showing your face in Walmart, walking around. You can't speak English, but you're just, you're just here to just target, take part in the economy and to send money back to your Pueblo or wherever. But you're, you're, not, you're just a tourist, you know, and ultimately you're not taking any responsibility for anything that happens here. And so that's why you have these drunk drivers. And, and it's insane, it's insidious how the liberal courts are just letting these, these individuals who are criminals... And because they have no social security number and they have no way to really know who they are or whatever name they gave them was even real, they ultimately just let them go. And so people who are citizens like you and me who are documented, we have to face the full uh, the full extent of the law and justice and, and we're held accountable for everything with our fingerprints or whatever. But these millions of people who are coming in from the South are not. They're not held. There's no way, there's no standard in court or or civilly, or any kind of court process that can really, like, prosecute these know, people because they're not, they don't belong here. Do you understand, I don't understand, and maybe you do, how are the cartels, how are they pushing these people to do it? Are they holding people in, in, in um, are they, are they threatening whoever stays behind, that they're going to kill them, their family? I mean, to me, I mean, I, what are, they, what are the cartels getting out of this? Well, I don't understand that. Apparently, they get to control the border. They get to control who passes back and forth across the border. It's becoming more and more corrupt and violent as it, as it, as it proceeds. And the people that are getting shipped across the border are in hock to the cartels, so they owe them. So even when you get here and you start working, you got to pay off however much you owe the cartels to stay here. And you're you're in an illegal place. You're you're in a in between a rock and a hard spot because if you really get discovered uh, too much, you'll get you could even even with the Biden administration, you could hypothetically get deported again. And so you know what I mean. And you would still ultimately owe the cartel. So the, the problem is the cartels working with Catholic charities and and other Catholic groups have deposing Catholic charities because it's obviously just this it, I'm starting to do research now that ties it in with the, the Leopold Foundation the St. Leopold Foundation which goes back to um, it goes back to Austria it goes back to the 1800s when um, with when Count uh, when Duke Metternich you know, really ran the show there so that, that's where Catholic charities history runs and that's why you're seeing them being a massive facilitator of people getting back and forth across the border. So with that, we want to introduce the third clip of this series. And right now it's an audio. We're going to, we're going to show you the audio and you can see in the show notes and watch the video, but they're going to show uh, as people are doing some of the investigative process, they're going to show how they're bringing babies, toddlers and kids who can't even walk, how they're being brought across the border and they're just being brought in the country, and they're wholesale, and I don't know where they go. I mean, these are kids for that's sale. A, that's a question. To what this end? This is kids for sale. What well, end is, well, if you go what and advantage ask, does it get the cartels to send people across? I did, I'm, it's a disconnect. I'm not, they I'm get not paid. And obviously, they get paid $5,000 per head. So it's obviously it's a billion-dollar industry for them to not only ship cocaine and drugs. I mean, cocaine is kind of like, I guess that's like old news. I mean, the new thing is fentanyl. And they ship, they don't have to grow that, I suppose. 
and they can just mass produce as much as they want, and they're bringing that over the border, and it's really just an act of warfare. I mean, one you know, you can say, well, these people just want to come over here and pick our fruit. No, this is an invasion. This is a military geopolitical strategy. It's a it's a process of weakening and breaking down the American culture with people who are who are not. So they're, they're using it. It's to me. I'm saying. Listen, we've I, always I had this. We've always had this friction with Mexico. By China. The chemicals are, are chi- come from China. So I can see that. I can see China wants to destabilize America. Well, I mean, China controls the ports up and down the the western coast of America, down to Napa, down all the way down through Mexico. They have a lot of control over those ports there, including the um, Panama Canal, right? Of course, China controls those locks. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a process of geopolitical pressure that's being placed here. And you've got to remember, the, the people that are coming from the South politically have this sense of the La Raza. So there's the La Raza movement where they believe that their ancient homeland was taken away and that, you know, the whitey has come to ultimately colonize. These are colon- you know colonialists that are here to push this kind of culture. So there's a process of trying to retake some of the land. I mean, you have to recognize that the wars in the 1870s and, you know, the wars with Mexico regarding Santa Ana and the Alamo, everybody has to remember the Alamo. So that's why Texas is shaped the way it is. And those borders are not permanent, you know? You can see if we lose control of those borders, then that's, that's, that's a de facto change in the direction of moving towards, I would say, North American Union. So I think the North American Union is coming. There's like an internet. There's an interstate highway running from Canada to Mexico still. That's that's being built out. And I think that those pipelines. I can I can, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, um, the North American Union and <clears throat> and being part of the the ten regions or zones that are that, that have been created by the United Nations. Right. But I I don't know. I just, I'm just dumbfounded by the whole thing. Because well, I mean, if you if you go ahead and just really allowing this to happen because oh. they think they're going to get the Latino vote. No, I think it's way past Democrats and Republicans. I think you, you got to understand Marxism is there to assiduously bring about a collapse of the nation and the stability of all the social uh, pillars and the, the societal uh, government governing pillars within the, the uh, within the nation. So they're they're breaking down everything that um, that America stood for. And this is a process of breaking the republic and dissolving the republic, and it's going to coincide with the Great Reset, with the collapse of the Federal Reserve note, and the collapse of the border. It's all part of the planned, guided decline, the managed decline of, of America in the West. So we're whitey. We're colonists, right? We're from Europe. We're not but, supposed to be here. We're, we're, you know what I mean? We're, because we're so pale... And it shows that we don't belong here. We t- we stole our land from Indians, and we should give it back, and we should go back to where we came from. That's the liberal Marxist view. We don't belong here, and uh, we have no right to this place, and we're illegal occupiers. I mean, that that's that. I mean, I'm just saying that that's the kind of rhetoric and political uh, demagoguery you're going to confront if you try to, you know, have your flag out. You know what I mean? So yeah, the flag is a symbol of tyranny, and it's you know, I mean, that's. That's the future that we're facing. Uh, I wonder if Trump can carry us through. Well, let's take, look at let's look at this way. Let's imagine that we're part of a family in from Guatemala, and we're leaving whatever we had behind to go on this treacherous journey 
to get to the United States so that we can live a better life. I'm just not buying, man. I, I don't understand. I want to know. I want to understand this, and I'm not seeing it. It, it seems there seems to be unless it's just one puzzle piece in a in an even larger puzzle. There's got to be more to it. I mean, I'm, I'm not always, sure what you're saying. I've always thought that the that we allowed, or not we, that ruling forces in the country allowed it, uh, illegal immigration to to occur because that party, which is the Democratic Party, want, thinks that they're going to have Latino votes. That's I, I don't I don't know. Well, my, my friends, just because, listen, just because people jump over the border and run around here and, and, and pick up jobs doesn't mean that they have some kind of secret, you know, ability to vote. You know, that's why it's so important that we have a law that requires people have ID. And so that, that's where the, the, the whole process of dissolving the vote with mail-in ballots, with all these COVID regulations, allowed all these people to stuff the ballot with hundreds of thousands of, of ballots. I mean, we already went through this with the, the geo, geolocating of all the, the 2,000 mules. I mean, those 2,000 mules were able to produce hundreds of thousands of ballots that they stuffed in there and were just counted, whether they were fraudulent or not. So that's, that's what you're saying. There's just a whole process through the Marxist left of trying to dissolve the democracy and control the direction of this country towards its, you know, towards decline and towards a process of replacement of politics where you're going to bring in the subservient class of people that are really unlawful citizens and have them really become the, the people that are going to replace the... So we got cheap labor? Is it is cheap labor? Well, it's a new subservient class of citizens that can replace the MAGA, you know, white supremacists, homegrown domestic terrorists that uh, you and I are. You see what I'm saying? That that's that's the nature of this politics. They don't they just need people to to, to like to run the, the turnstiles and run the, the push the buttons and operate the machinery and just you know just be good good workers. They they really don't need any free citizens who have rights under a constitution that's all like passe and old so they want you know obviously it's a process of the, the same thing happened in europe they were able to the same thing happened during afghanistan uh, when afghanistan fell they ended up bringing thirty thousand just random people like whatever random people ran into the, the planes apparently they're just wandering around the countryside right now bro you know what I mean? Just just some yep. Afghani families or whoever could just push their way onto the plane just got flown off, and uh, and, and they arrived here, and then that, that's it. They just brought them in. That's what they're doing all over the country. It's a it's a process of homeland security, literally causing you know bussing the people in. They're bussing them in instead of just you know having some dogs and some horses and having some border patrol gentlemen waiting to arrest you. Now they just bus you right on in. See what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. think I don't think people I don't think Americans are ready to cope with the reality of what this, this all this reporting is about. So, but let's get to the next clip. We have here some more reporting about the connection between the Catholic charities and the cartels, and I think that you'll find it fascinating. The guy, uh, the, you know, the guy that does the reporting on this, it's pretty brutal. It shows the. The trees that have all the panties from the, the yeah earth. that was rough man. yeah man but I mean we need to look at it we need to see what's happening because these people are being tormented and they're being sold into slavery when when they get over here 
And just because they deal with the cartels and they pay and they come in the country doesn't mean they're scot-free. They don't understand freedom, and they're not in a position to have freedom or to stand up for themselves because they've been brought in this country and under the conditions of slavery. I mean, with, once they're in the country, they're out, are they not out of the reach of the cartels? Well, not in the, the extent that they want to stay with their families and they want to stay here because if they if they fight back and try to resist and go to the police, then they'll they'll obviously be subjected to having to have scrutiny on them too because they're not legally here and they, and they paid a criminal syndicate a crime you know they paid a uh, you know what would you call it the warlords you know drug warlords drug lords down there to get them over the border and now their family and their friends and everyone they love could be under threat if if they don't keep the arrangement. So th this whole thing with the, the cartels has to be focused in on, because as far as I'm concerned, if we're going to, you know, as an American nation, if we're going to remain free as a republic, we have to get rid of the cartels. We need to roll, roll down there militarily and just get rid of them. Bombs, missiles, aircraft carriers, F-16s, whatever it takes to just route them off the face of the earth. That's my opinion. Well, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting on Biden to do anything. No. I think that, I think that, um, in that whole war on drugs thing was, it was all political. No, it was. That war on drugs thing was brutal because if you were a, a, a kid, a Duke lacrosse player, and you were white and you had some coke, you were cool. Get some probation. But if you were a young black guy in the city and you had a crack rock, you would get 10 years. So I think that's the problem with it. I mean, ultimately, you can see that, you know, that it, the, the way that they dealt with the war on drugs was a way for the the federal government to incrementally gain power when it was actually responsible for shipping in massive amounts of drugs to uh, to cause problems around the country. So they were they were paying for their black book operations with the uh, with the drugs you know, that everyone else was going to prison for. So it's it's a it's a situation that dark alliance. I'm trying to think. Was it Gary Webb? Yeah, Gary Webb does the book, and I think that was the book that got him killed, where he reports on the drug the drug shipments coming from South, you know, to with the CIA and whatnot. But we're getting off basis. We'll do that uh, in a further show, but let's listen to this audio clip here. There, there are um, multiple non-governmental organizations. Catholic Charities is at the top of that. Uh, that that I would say that they are actively uh, facilitating. Um, you can use a word. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little harsh to say conspire, but but they're definitely facilitating the the illegal movement of aliens into this country. And the government is subsidizing what they're doing. Uh, the, the the backs of taxpayers, hundreds of millions of dollars. You all see me getting arguments with Congress. People say, why do you get so angry? Why do you get so emotional? Because I've seen so much death in this border. I talked to a 12-year-old girl who had over 22 samples of DNA in her. Think about that. I've held a dying five-year-old. He was actually dead, five-year-old in the back of a tractor trailer. I was surrounded by 19 dead aliens. These cartels are ruthless. 31% of women are getting raped. Think about that. Children are dying. Women are dying. So these are the trophies that the coyotes put up in the tree after they've raped a woman in bras and panties. Each one of these represent a girl that was raped. This is pure evil. If you support open borders, you are supporting it. 
this caravan, more than 40% of them are women and children, unaccompanied minors, and also adults, military adults. Now, on Sunday, they broke a barrier of the National Guard, and the National Guard, their statements later on that afternoon is that they felt embarrassed of the way that they acted and the way that they tried to stop this massive caravan. Now, more people are joining in as they are walking on this town that is called Huehuetan. A lot of migrants, they are located on the state of Chiapas, and as the Comar, the Commission of Refugees, that it has the actual statistics of how many migrants they are stationed right here at this state, it's more than 80,000 that they are waiting to move to the United States of America. But right now, 5,000 are the ones that they're walking. But let me ask you this, because this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand. Okay, they're coming from Guatemala, they're in New Mexico, they break through the, the barrier, whatever. But it takes resources. You have to have food and water and, and diapers and clothing and a place to shower on occasion on this quest. How is this all getting done? Who's taking care of them? Who's picking up the bill? So they are practically the NGOs, the Catholic Church, and the United Nations, that they're the ones that they are aiding and abating to this to continue. Last week, the Vatican-run charitable fund, Peter's Pence, announced that Pope Francis is sending a donation of $500,000 to South American migrant caravans seeking asylum in the U.S. We have another chain, another train of illegal immigrants about to come across the street right now and enter this facility. So this is at least the third one that we've documented since being here and going live at 2 o'clock. This is a non-stop, around-the-clock phenomenon. On. There's no stopping. There's nothing that needs to be staged. All that needs to be done is it's being documented. And they, they think filming us is going to do anything. Man, if you want to ask me a question, feel free. I'll answer any question you have. We've got some questions for you, though. Like, how does it feel to be a part of the biggest illegal immigration pipeline in this nation's history? The, the media loves to show the women and children. Uh, just for the audience knowledge, many of those children have been sold to create fake families. There, There's a whole industry in Mexico and Central America on families selling their children or children being taken from families to get and, and sold to men so that they can bring them across the border. And, and those children right are sent back. It's called recycling. Uh, they're used again. In one case, we know of a child that was used 17 times uh, for this to bring military-age men across the border. Like, how does it feel to be a part of the biggest illegal immigration pipeline in this nation's history? The, the media loves to show the women and children, uh, just for the audience knowledge, many of those children have been sold to create fake families. There, There's a whole industry in Mexico and Central America on families selling their children or children being taken from families to get and, and sold to men so that they can bring them across the border. Then those children are sent back. It's called recycling. Uh, they're used again. In one case, we know of a child that was used 17 times uh, for this to bring military-age men across the border. Those little, girls, little kids are passed out, yeah? Those little kids. You know what's really sad, though, is most of these children look like this isn't just a natural sleep. They are they are out. They're they're look, they're sedated. They they're are sedated. They are lethargic. This is not normal. These guys are completely So this is what we're telling you. A lot of times, these children don't belong to some of these people. This is human trafficking. This is they're not even reacting, huh? See, see how they don't react? Their pupils don't even react to the bright light in their face. No, these, these kids are drugs. This is really a reality. This is actually the United States right now. 
This is our third world country. This is the United States. And one of the journeys this reporting took me on was following cars from the Rio Grande Valley Catholic Charities from here on the street in downtown McAllen to the airport. And so we followed one of the vehicles and the lady that we followed, we could tell was nervous that we were following her. She kept stopping and pulling over and then going back on her route. We could tell that she was nervous. We thought maybe she was going to call the police on us, but she ended up going all the way to the airport, stopping before she got to the departure area to get out of the vehicle and question us to ask who we were and what we were doing, to which we said, we're just journalists. We're just here reporting on the illegal immigration pipeline. She got all flustered and upset, but eventually got back in her unmarked vehicle, which we thought may have been a rental vehicle, took the unaccompanied minors to the airport, dropped them off. They went inside and then went to whatever country they had plane tickets to. InfoWars reporters then came back a week ago and we noticed something even more odd about this same lady. She was still transferring people from this facility to the airport, but now they noticed that she had babies and kids. And she was saying, oh, these are my kids, these are my kids. And then the cameras roll on her and she said, oh wait, they're not my kids. And she handed them off to other women who seemed really confused as to what was going on. I was coming down this alleyway right here, and in the middle of filing a report, we saw the same lady, which again has three that we noticed, Saints Muerte tattoos, known MS-13 affiliated tattoos. And as soon as we came up in this alleyway right here and started filming, she raced around to the driver's side of the vehicle. The kids were already loaded into the back. She raced around to the driver's side and tried to floor it and peel out of this alleyway. The kids weren't even buckled, and the door was wide open. I know when I got down here to the border, I had various police officers, border agents, and, and many of them Catholics say, stay away from Catholic charities because they are encouraging the human trafficking and drug epidemic that we're seeing, which is obviously very anti-Christian anti-America. Anti there is a uh, an assembly line of migrants that are being very quickly legalized and moved right through the city that we're in, which is McAllen, Texas, uh, right into the United States, resettled to all four corners of the country. Just a little bit earlier uh, today, this morning, uh, this is Catholic Charities behind me. Uh, and the uh, city bus station is right caddy corner to where I'm looking at right here. Uh, just offloaded uh, two buses loads filled with uh, migrants who are very freshly legalized after coming off the border. They went right into the door. Uh, they were processed in, and in a very uh, short period of time, they will then be uh, walked over to the bus station where they'll board buses. And that process used to be out in the open here on these streets, uh, but now they've set it up so that you can't see it. There's a public park about 45 minutes down the road that they have federalized. You can't go in there, and uh, Catholic Charities is... Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean they've they, they federalized? You're, you're telling me that the federal authorities are taking control of state land in Texas? Is that what's happening down there at the border? My we're, we're on our way there after this, but my understanding is that they've got National Guard and Border Patrol blocking all the entrances to this particular park, and they've given it over to Catholic how's that, Charities. How's that legal in Constitution? They've done it. I don't know, but they've done it, and... 
uh, that's where the buses came from that, I, that we saw. There, there's the video right there. I shot this this morning. Uh, these uh, buses are just coming, I'm told, all day long, dropping these migrants. All of those folks are still in there right now. Catholic Charities is one of the, in my opinion, where I've seen, they're one of the largest facilitators of this human trafficking that's going on. They get government contracts to help facilitate all of these young UACs coming across the border. They put them through their facility. They find foster homes for them. They're not being vetted. They give them new clothing. You'll, you'll see that on the aircraft. They'll get clothing, shoes, backpacks, all of that. And then they just funnel them out to whoever. What we know so far is that uh, last year, 2021, uh, 2 million apprehensions were made, roughly. The expectation is that could be somewhere, the actual numbers that came across could be between 3 and 5 million, and half of those are military-age men. So we have millions of military-age men coming into our country, hardened criminals, uh, battle-tested. These guys have been fighting and killing in many cases since they were 11 and 12 years old. Now they're being settled into our country, and that's not to take into account the terrorists that are also coming in. We know they're coming in. We've caught them, uh, and we expect more to be coming. The Department of Homeland Security has announced the arrest of two Yemeni nationals, both failing on their separate attempts to sneak into the United States. On January 29th, a 33-year-old man was arrested just 10 yards across the Mexico-Calexico border. He was then identified as being on the terrorism watch list along with the no-fly list and carrying a secret SIM card hidden in his shoe. Two months later, another 26-year-old Yemeni terrorism suspect was arrested two miles from the Calexico border station and was detained so we'll just take a minute to reflect on the reporting there and we have the full video and the report there in the show notes so you can take a look at it it's a fascinating and, and disturbing depiction of what's taking place the reality of the transformation of the culture of this country working with homeland security with biden with catholic charities uh, with donations directly from pope francis to indicate to all of the Catholic fundamentalists that are south of the border that the counter-reformation is in full effect and they're coming here to steal the heritage of Protestant, Republican, American, Western civilization. And so this is the process of slowly eroding the Westphalian system of nation-states and bringing us back into this place where, um, as, as America, as a republic, begins to decline and erode and crumble. You can expect that America's enemies and that all those who can be made into human weapons by trying to take advantage of the political instability in America in order to trespass and steal the heritage of the American people. And so these individuals are not people who are accountable to our courts. They're not accountable to the Federal Reserve debt that we have being built up. Uh, they don't have social security numbers. They don't have any way to be held accountable to pay taxes. They don't have any way to be held uh, accountable with their identities so that we might know who they are if they commit crimes. And then when they go into the courts, they just let them go because it's all part of the process of destroying American sovereignty and basically penalizing American citizens or people who immigrated to America and became American citizens the legal way is penalizing all of them with a system that's inherently unfair and hypocritical. So, of course, the process of making this kind of war on our border and forcefully 
enslaving populations and raping them and then sending them here to become indentured servants that serve the cartels and all this working hand and foot. Even the lady who was running back and forth out of Catholic charities and was transferring all these children all over the place. I mean, this goes to the endemic child sex trafficking situation that, of course, Joe Biden and his crackhead son Hunter are famous for. So Hunter Biden and his dad are famous for now uh, making business partners with Ukraine and, and the drug cartels, amongst others, and, of course, having illegal child sex victims and criminal gangs and you know, large shipments of cocaine are all something that uh, the Biden administration is positively disposed towards so that they might, uh, you know, just keep these these human trafficking uh, pipelines and drug pipelines and the, the, the cartel's billion-dollar industry rolling here. And with that, we're going to do our final audio clip to wrap up the episode, and we're back at the border again, and we're talking to the sheriffs there nearby and what they're dealing with. Well, just to give you an idea, uh, this is Sheriff Boyd of Goliad County, and where he's at, he's basically in the crossroads between, he's, he's north up by Corpus Christi, south of Houston, and way north of the border. And Sheriff, if you would just tell us, uh, do we have border security? What does it look like for you? Well, the border security is very simply is the cartel. There's no border security on our side, Steve. All the border security is on the Mexico side, and it's 100% the cartel. So, yes, the border is secure, but not by the people we want to secure. It's secured by the criminal organizations that are taking advantage of it and helping to destroy our country. And, Sean, it's amazing. Hang on, go ahead. Go ahead. Hang on one second. Just tell the American people, you got a massive audience here, what do we need to do to have your back? What, what do you need as a, share, a frontline sheriff? The first thing I think that we need is, is we need a concerted effort to understand that we're fighting for the soul of our country and for our children's future. I think that if we lose this battle, we lose our nation because this is part of the transition from a pure republic to a communist state, whether people want to believe it or not. The first, and what we need to do is understand that Mexico is an enemy of the United States, always has been. And the only way to combat this is to choke Mexico's legitimate trade-off to the point where it hurts them more than the illegitimate money that they get from their partnerships with the cartel. I think our governor needs backing. I think our, our government at the state level needs pressure because the federal government is doing this by design. The state governments have to step up and represent the people that they have sworn an oath to. Let me ask you, Sheriff, you, you're, are you implying that the Mexican government itself understands what's going on and is actually part of this? I thought this was all just the cartels. Mexico is a failed Marxist state. It's a narco state. And yes, the government there shares in the profits with the cartels at every single level from the president on down. The Mexican government is culpable in this in this ongoing event. They're the ones helping orchestrate it with the cartels to get it here because they are enriching themselves in this process. Mexico sees us as the enemy. They don't see us as an ally. The only way that we can do anything about it with Mexico is to cut off trade with so that was another syllabus journal entry number 15 and we thank you for coming back we have some more hard-hitting recording and revelations coming up and we uh, hope to see you back